In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, knowing one's own Van Helsink. And with me all the way across the pond, I hope this time, uh, the ghost finder himself, Mr. Richard Felix. Richard? Am I there or aren't I? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Did I give you, we were, we were Did I give you a hand, Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Most apologetic for last week. Um, I, uh, M- M- Julia's n- not terribly well. She, you know, she's got these heart problems. And uh, we, I actually took her away down to Devon uh, for a week. And for some ridiculous reason, you didn't get the emails or the, or the phone messages. And I couldn't do anything down there because I was in a cottage down in Devon. And I got no internet, uh, no mobile phone. Um, and it was very difficult, and so I was I was conspicuous by my absence, and I do apologise. Um, but guess what? I was staying in a haunted place. Really? But yeah. I, I don't know, Richard. I actually had some reports that uh, you were seen in one of those haunted pubs. I was in a haunted pub. Uh-huh. There you go. I was looking for the spirits behind the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. about as old as I am, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I've actually got a spirit with me now. A glass of uh, quite good English, British, Scottish whiskey. <laughs> cool. So it is quite have, cool. Actually, we have a, a good show today. Uh, we come because we have a, we have a guy that you know. Yes, uh, indeed. Billy yeah. Roberts. Billy Roberts, and uh, he is here. Billy, how Hello. you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was looking at your website, which is billyroberts.co.uk. Because you guys can't spell C O M, but it's kind of interesting. I didn't realize you had such a rock and roll past. Yeah. Well, when I, when I left school at the age of sixteen, that was in 1962, a long time ago. I went um, to Hamburg along with all the other bands in Liverpool, and then I ended up in Paris, where I lived for five years. Um, and I supported such names uh, as Jimi Hendrix, Chip Berry, the Moody Blues, a lot of good names. So it was a good, good time for me. Yeah, I would imagine. That's, uh, so how did you make a jump from, uh, you know, rock and roll to psychic and... Well, I didn't really, because my, my mother was a medium. Um, uh-huh. And I, my earliest recollections of being psychic 
and seeing so-called dead people go back to when I was three. My grandmother was German, and she died six months before I was born. And she used to visit me as a, as a child and talk to me. And um, so I grew up seeing, seeing dead people was commonplace to me. And when I was nine years old, I was actually sent to uh, a child psychologist because of the things I was experiencing and saying to kids in school. And she concluded that I was um, highly sensitive, a, a vivid imagination, and very creative. Mm -hmm. And her prognosis was that I would grow out of it. But she was wrong. I didn't. Mm. Um, so, I mean, all I wanted to do was, uh, it, in the 1950s and 60s, you know, you, you didn't see mediums in theaters and on television like you do today. So music was in my blood, and I played the guitar since I was about seven years old. So, and that's all I wanted to do. Um, and so the psychic part of my life was channeled into the creative areas. It was always there, and I always felt that the spirit world or something was guiding me through this particular period. But I had a, a very addictive personality, and I got um, uh, involved in the drug scene, as many people did in the, the mid to late 60s. Oh, yeah. I had um, uh, an addiction, and I, I nearly died. And I was brought back to the UK to, to be nursed by my mother in 1970. And it was then I felt as though there was a reemergence of some uh, supreme force, some divine spirit, if you like. And it all started in 1970 for me. So that's the story. And then I became a professional medium in 1980. I founded um, the Northwest of England's first psychic center, Center for Psychic and Spiritual Studies and Alternative Therapies. It was called the Thought Workshop. And uh, we opened that uh, under great protest in the spiritualist movement. And it was an innovation at the time. And um, I've always been looked upon as a radical medium because I'm very skeptical of the paranormal, even though I am mediumistically inclined. So it's, uh, it's an interesting and fascinating business to be in. Especially nowadays, like you said, it's, it's much more accepted. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting for Richard to, turn to, a, to be turned into a medium. I'm still waiting for it. Hi, Billy. Nice to meet you. Hi, nice to talk to you. First time. Yeah, it is really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, I've known you for, for a long time, even though you've not known me. Yeah. You know, you on, on, well, we have a mutual friend, of course, in Kieran O'Keefe. Yeah, that's it. We, we wrote a book together called The Great Paranormal Clash. Really? And we, Sounds good. We turned it into a, a stage show, which opened in Southport and um, we're, we're appearing in the, the Bloomsbury Theatre in the West End of London. Um, wow. Later on in the year. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. He'd been, he was telling me about about two or three years ago when I was with him down at Borley Rectory. He was telling me all about you, and, and, and it's taken all this time um, for yeah. me to get in touch with you because you're talking to, obviously, my son Ed at the moment about yeah. the uh, this... Um, nor uh, Funnily enough, how strange that you should form that um, uh, Northwest um, spiritual sort of... Whatever you, whatever you called it, and now you're going to be yeah. one of the judges for the uh, Northwest... Best medium. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because it's in Southport and it's on the 12th of March, isn't it? Um, yes, that's right. And I'm looking forward to it because it will be fascinating, interesting, really, to see different mediums the way they work. But I'm sure you'll that's... agree there seems to be more mediums today than there were 20 years ago. Every oh. theatre and every hall has yeah. a, theater, uh, a medium in it. Um, yeah, but do, do you, Billy, do you not think that... that 
to a certain extent, although, as you quite rightly say, there appears to be more mediums now. But do you not think that there always were mediums? Um, but it, it was not... I mean, let's face it, as you said, you were taken to a psychiatrist, weren't you? Yeah, exactly, when I was nine. Um, yeah. I always think... My mother used to say to me, mediums are born and not made. Mm. And I never really understood that when I was younger. But um, today, I, 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 I mean, I do know that mediumistic abilities can only be, be developed in a minority. It has to be there potentially. But anybody can develop a psychic skill um, to some greater or lesser degree. But I, I always think that mediumship is quite, quite rare. What we see today in theaters and even in spiritualist churches is not always mediumship. It's a, it's a form of intuition, if you like, or, or psychism. But um, and so that's why I'm very skeptical of mediums, and that's why it will be interesting for me, to be involved so in, in what you're doing. Yeah, um, so am I. But of course, you realise that it's going to be national. We're actually taking it. Um, uh, we've already done, we did the Midlands Best Medium uh, before Christmas. Uh, got a, a fantastic lady from that, Northwest. And we're going to do the whole country, Scotland, Wales, Northeast, yeah. Northwest, Southwest. I mean, really quite, and then sort of finishing with hopefully, hopefully trying to find the UK's best medium. But we are definitely talking amateur we're obviously yeah. because at the end of the day sure. there are contenders out there um including yourself um who obviously won't be eligible to <laughs> won't yeah. be eligible to take part in it because exactly. i think there's a difference isn't there between a professional which is in I other words it's so. your profession I, think, I mean you can have a good medium who who works privately just giving private consultations but working mm. in a public arena is completely different um, yeah. You need a little bit extra, I think. The entertainment needs to be there. You need a personality to put it over. And as I was saying to Ed the other day, or Ed was saying to me, um, and I think you might remember, you had one medium who um, yeah. wasn't so good mediumistically, but he had a personality, Ed was saying, that came You're over correct. well with an audience. And yeah. I think that's important because if it doesn't matter how good the medium is, if they're boring, they lose connection with the audience and they'll lose yep. the contact with the spirit world. So yep. there is a certain entertainment value in it, I, I think, anyway. I, I, I couldn't Richard, agree more. Richard, you know, yeah. you know, when you get this UK best medium, I'm going to bring the uh, best US medium, you know, and we'll have a little hey, match. Hey, 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 listen, listen, my friend, once we've done the UK's best medium, you know what happened with the X Factor? Uh, <laughs> it started yeah. in, in England. Uh, or the UK, and it spread to the US. Uh, you be careful, because we may just be coming over there. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do that. We can, have a, we can have a cage match. You know, the best UK, Absolutely. the best, best US medium. Yeah, I mean, that what a good. fantastic idea um, yeah, to, to do it. And then good. we can do Australia's best medium, and, and oh, come on, why not? Mm -hmm. This could I be big. Say, though, this could know, be big. I think the... the Great Britain has the greatest mediums in the whole world. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, Billy. <laughs> there are a few exceptions. Not all. You uh, know, I'm beginning to think maybe you're not such a good medium after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's all right. I mean, not all mediums who work on television are, are, are good or genuine. They're, they're lucky to get the break. And I think this yeah. is why what, what Richard is doing with the um, the the sort of talent uh, shows, competitions, yeah. it will find 
the genuine mediums and the ones who can really put it over, the ones who wouldn't normally get the opportunity to work on television. I think it's Correct. brilliant to give them the opportunity. I think yeah. so, too. Yeah, it's absolutely no. right. I mean, I must be honest with you. I mean, um, I'm not mentioning any names or anything like this, but, but I was actually um, a judge on, a, on, another, on another competition uh, which actually gave me the idea for, for what we're doing. And this guy, I mean, we actually had him on the show, uh, didn't we, Ron, last year? And he absolutely blew my mind away with, with, the, with the stuff that he was coming up with. Um, I mean, for, for instance, I mean, he was, there was an audience of about only about 30 people, something like that. And he, and he, was talk, he turned to this guy and he said, listen, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting two Derricks. <laughs> would be Derek, wouldn't it? Uh, and, and he said, uh, and the guy said, "Yeah, well, you're right because my 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 father and my eldest brother are both dead, and they're both called Derek." And, and I'm thinking, "Oh my goodness!" And then he turns to his, another guy and he says, "I don't know what you're smiling at. It's just because I've got your mother standing here waiting for me now." And he gave her a name, gave the name, and I, I, I had to say because I, to a certain extent, uh, be be ready for this because I I am. The Simon Cowell of of, of the <laughs> on the judges uh, because you know I'm a great skeptic like you, Billy, a huge skeptic yeah. in the whole damn thing. I believe in it, but I believe a lot of it is is fake, is is, is can be explained in another way. Um, yeah. But but I had to say to this guy, look, I, you sir are extremely good, and and I believe you're going to win this competition, or you've got stooges in the audience. <laughs> uh, and and that's the problem. But but the way we're now running it, um, there is no room whatsoever for anybody to to be able to bring a stooge into the audience uh, because we 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 don't we don't let them pick the people that they're going to talk to. Oh, this they, is the they, problem, isn't it? Yeah, because this think, is what the accusations mediums get, isn't it? Well, I've heard yeah. skeptics say uh, about mediums looking through credit card details in the theater box offices to get the yeah, names yeah. and addresses of people in the audience. And it's a bit ridiculous yeah. if you've got a resort to that. I, mean, just wouldn't... I think so. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Billy. Billy, let me ask you this. You are a medium. Let's, let's say that for... Yeah. Uh, okay. So as a medium, can you tell when people are true mediums and when they're not... I mean, because there is a plethora of mediums in in the country right now, and and I I don't mean just professional. I'm just talking about every aunt and sister and woman out here and guy for kind of uh, proclaim themselves yeah. mediums. Can you just by talking with them tell whether they are uh, genuine or not? I I can actually. I've, I've actually got a book wow. called The Magic of the Aura, which is uh, basically scientific. I've got a scientific background and also a psychology background. So I can look at certain elements of an individual, such as the bioluminescence, the energy field around them. And you, you can know when somebody is telling a lie, um, if they're giving a message which isn't genuine. It's, uh, it could be intuitive or just an instinctive message, or they're making it up simply. So yet you can actually tell um, from a, a psychical point of view whether somebody is genuine or not. Uh, and a lot of them um, around today are not genuine. And that's the Absolutely problem I right. have with mediumship. That's the problem I have with mediumship. 
<laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm, as Ron knows only too well, I'm, you know, I refer to myself as a psychic brick with a B. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't see dead people. I, I have no, no psychic abilities. Sorry, no more than anybody else. Let's put it out because yeah. I'd like you believe that everybody has the ability um, yeah. to be psychic. Yeah. I don't know about a medium, but as you quite rightly say, only a very few people actually get to that stage. But it's the same as, as being, having the ability to play the piano. We all have it, but most of us will never ever become Stevie Wonder. Exactly, this is the way I... But also in 1903, um, uh, a neuroscientist by the name of Tuchinsky, a Russian scientist in Moscow University, became very interested in why children have a propensity towards psychic experience and why women yep. are more sensitive than men. Sensitive, yeah. He found out that it was to do with the pineal gland. He said yes. he found out that the pineal gland was larger in, an ad, in a, a child than it is in the adult and more developed in a female than it is in the male. And he concluded right. that there is an abnormality in the brains of those people who are mediumistically inclined. And yeah. 70% of male mediums are gay. They tend Thank to you. Have, uh, I said that tonight. Thank you. And I'm not I've gay, been saying it. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> There you are, but only 70%, Billy, that's just... Rem- <laughs> but you see, it, it, <laughs> well, it's in other words, they're in touch with... If you, if you look at the ones who are, you think are not gay, they're, they're very effeminate, and there's something very prissy about them. I'll mention no names. No, don't. Who hide behind the mask of marriage, you know? They, they well done, you. Gay. No, I, I absolutely couldn't agree more with you. Yeah. Uh, in, in other words, it's that they're in touch with their feminine side. And, and females are much more sensitive than, than men. That's it. That, that's it. And, that's and it. Um, admit it, guys. You know that, that that's that's yeah. top bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, bit of a silence going on now. What do you think, Ron? Yeah, I agree with everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you always. I always said that your males make the best mediums. I've always said that. You know that. Really? I don't know. I've never heard you say that. I've always said I've that. Heard, I've never. Well, I've never heard it before. But. Um, I said I, 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 all I mean, the greatest mediums in the world have always been male mediums. Male mediums? Yes. Yeah, it, it, okay. it, it's changing a little bit. I, I, to be, I mean, the, the, the research showed that female mediums were more sensitive primarily because they're, they're, they're more maternal and they're yeah. more caring and have a lot of compassion. And male mediums tend to be vainer. They tend to be preoccupied with what people think of them. Uh, when they're working, and yes. to be honest with you, I've seen quite a few American mediums, and you know, I've thought to myself, well, there are not as not many gay American mediums as there are British mediums. I mean, I can mention there are a few on television today, aren't there? Um, oh yeah, we're quite Edwards open about it, of course. Yeah, I mean, I've known. I mean, you get some of the the um, the spiritualist movements over here. The Stansted Hall, um, for an example, um, who trains and teaches, do workshops, trains people to be psychic. And there's a high percentage of all the people who actually work there, mediumistically, as well as in the background, um, in catering and all. They seem to me to be all gay, which um, (laughs) (laughs) is a bit suspicious, really. 
Really? Uh, that's, that's quite amazing. Even in the, even, well, cat- again, but you see the catering business to a certain extent attract. Oh, shut up, Richard. Oh, Stop that, it. That, that next thing you'll do is pick on the poor florist. <laughs> florist? Well, no, I don't know about that. But no, I'm, I'm loving what you're, what you're saying, Billy, because it's something that's rather sort of close to my heart. I, I, I do agree wholeheartedly with what you say. There's nothing wrong in it. That's what it's all about. And as I say, a lot of a lot of the mediums. I mean, Gordon Smith, um, and, yeah. um, David, David Wells, David Wells uh, and, yeah. and so on and so on and so on. Johnny are, are openly, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> openly gay, and and that's why they tend to be mediums. Um, I must I must say this on radio though. I am not gay. <laughs> well, there you are. I'm swear. very pleased because actually we're sitting next to you, of course, on, on <laughs> um, as a judge. Um, now, it's I, rather I, interesting. Wait, wait a minute, Let guys. I have to inject something here. Any of the opinions expressed on the show are not specifically <laughs> that of Ron Kolick or the New England Ghost Project. So if you have any problems, uh, contact Richard, please. <laughs> no, by the way, in, in no way am I homophobic or anything else, but it, we, we are just, uh, Billy and I, and probably you as well, are actually just stating facts. Yeah, that's here. right. That, that, um, and, and the interesting thing is that, of course, we, the other member of the team, um, the other judge, is Matthew Smith, Dr. Matthew Smith, Associate Professor at Hope, was at Hope University. And I don't know yep. whether you know this, Billy, but he has actually taken a year out to see if he can become a medium. Yeah, Ed was telling me. Oh, and now how interesting. Because, you know, uh, um, Matthew is, is as, as straight as they come. It, um, yeah. uh, it will be very, very interesting to see what comes from it as to whether he can, and I'd be very interested on your take on this, on, on whether he can, you can't make yourself become a medium, can you? Um, I think there potentially, though. I I mean, it might have a potential to to be mediumistic, and it can be encouraged with the use of certain exercises. I mean, the the exercises I use in my workshops are very unconventional. I use a lot of um, Eastern traditions. I use Mm -hmm. exercises uh, such as pranayama, which is uh, certain breathing techniques to heighten the awareness and you incorporate those with um, meditation techniques. So it can be precipitated by using certain methods, if it's there potentially. Yes, but it has to be there, doesn't it? You know, yes, the ability has to be there, like being a good mathematician or, or being able to play the piano without reading music. I mean, just an observation, though, with Matthew Smith. He, he looks to me as though he will have a, a sort of a mediumistic ability. He seems very sensitive, wow. um, uh, I think that could be encouraged in him. Interesting. Because you see, Billy, he's always been such a sceptic. I mean, on on the program, on, on, on Most Haunted, which he, I mean, he That's and right. I, you know, at the very beginning, in the, in, the, in, the old, in the good old days, you know, he and I were on the sofa, um, and he was, you know, I mean, he was the man every, everyone loved to hate uh, because he was so... Um, Skeptical about the whole thing. Well, he was, just, uh, he was on before Kieran, wasn't he? Oh my God, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was Kieran's boss at, at Hope, and and was right. on at the very beginning, um, sort of six, six and a half years ago, uh, on the sofa with me. I was the branded as the historian on the program. Would you like but to, to that, Richard? 
I know. I keep thinking about that. Oh, we got to get on the sofa with me. <laughs> we were. We both sat on the sofa together. Uh, right, right, right. Um, and we argued. Yeah, we were Matthew you. was Matthew was the one that 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 didn't didn't exactly call Derek a fake, but but yeah. was sort of saying that you know a lot of he, he well I won't go any farther, but but he was well, well, you know well, people well, loved to hate him. He called Derek a fake. He didn't actually call him a fake, no. But he he was very sceptical about a lot of what what Derek and and other mediums came up with on on the show. Um, I used to argue with him, you know, in other words, basically, Matthew dealt in black and white, and shades of grey did not exist. Um, And all of a sudden, he now wants to become a medium. (laughs) I love it. It's fantastic. Hmm. I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, you know, the whole thing is, is it our duty to expose mediums if they're not true mediums, if they're just showmen? I think that's a. I think that should happen. I yeah. genuinely think that that is is a very good. Um, Will that um, do the mediumship idea. community any good? Sorry, say again. Would that do the medium community any good? Yeah, yes, I think it would. I think there are a lot of bankers, uh, bankers out there that that uh, don't deserve the um, the money that they're getting, especially the mess they've got us into in the last couple of years. Um, and the same thing applies. So, so in any profession, Ron, you get charlatans, you get Agreed. some very bad yeah, car dealers. You also get some very good car dealers, and that's why people go to them more. And so I think the same thing applies with the medium. I mean, for instance, in England, there are more people looking for ghosts than there are going fishing. (laughs) Really? Yes. Now then, this is unbelievable. They're fishing for ghosts. Um, And as as Billy said, all of a sudden, there are lots and lots more mediums out there than there were 20 years ago. Now, exactly. perhaps some of them have, have come out, for want of a better word, uh, and are not frightened of being ridiculed or sent to a psychiatrist anymore, uh, which is fantastic. But I also believe that there are a lot of them that are jumping on the bandwagon because of programs like Most Haunted and Ghost exactly. Hunters and, and, and various other things. And, and, you know, it's an easy buck, basically. But, but you've got to realize now, for instance, if you say, for instance, you expose... A medium as being uh, a showman. I'd love to. Yes. Well, no, well, think about this, Richard. If you, you do that, and suppose uh, Billy was on somewhere, and and he he gave us some phenomenal information that we could never know from anyone, and and just made the greatest mediumistic prediction around, or, or right? Yep. Which one do you think would get the headlines? Oh, I know which one would get the headlines. So, the, the so how news. does that how does that help the media, media mediumistic community? Mm. If, if, I, even I, if that I, is I, a word. Well, what do you well, how, you tell us, Billy? How you think that would help the mediumistic world? Well, I don't know whether you see, I was just going to um, give Derek Akora as an example oh. without being derogatory towards him. Um, look at the adverse publicity he's had, yes. particularly with Sharon O'Keefe, Michael who um, allegedly exposed him. Um, yeah. But he proved one point, that no publicity is bad. Bad news. One would think that all the adverse publicity, the general public would be wise to him, but they're not. He still fills theaters, and he's still on television. Mm -hmm. Correct. So people make their own minds up, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with most mediums. I mean, I've... 
general public. Well, Billy, to... I think you're going to have to hold that thought for a minute because we're coming up on the break right now. You are listening oh. to Ghost Chronicles International. Do not go away. With Richard okay. Felix and Ron Kolick, and we have Billy Roberts on the line, and we'll be right back after the following messages from Toji Net. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Hello, this is Casper the Insane Dane, and I would like to introduce you to the Black Knight and Squire G Show. Somebody sent me a story about the guy who wrote that song. The Hokey what? Pokey, he uh, died. They tried to put him in the casket. First, they put his right foot. <laughs> and then the trouble started there. From that point on. And then the next day, the funeral for Simon. Simon says, Simon, he wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't listen to what I said. Hey, Simon. Oh, God. Boy. Look at this here. Put him in the coffin. He won't go. Okay. Simon, Simon says. says. Simon says, can I bury him now? No, you didn't say Mother May I. Mother May, Mother may I. <laughs> you put your right foot in. Simon says, Mother, may I? <laughs> That's all uh, it takes. www.bksgshow.com for more information. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick. He is Richard Felix, and our very, very, I am here still. very special guest is Mr. Billy Roberts, the rock and roll guy. Hi. <laughs> Hey, tell you, you what, know guys, what? I, so, I, I am but, enjoying wait, wait, this you so go, much. What do, you, what do you got before you? Before you, uh, you, you can you can talk to the dead, right? Who me or Richard? Not Richard. Richard can't even talk to me half the time. <laughs> hey, excuse me. Well, that, that, hey, I can stand in a graveyard anytime you like and talk to dead people. Yeah, they're not going to talk back. I'm not saying they're going <laughs> to answer me back. I wish they would at times, but that's it. So, so Billy, you can talk to dead, right? I'm I'm a clear audience medium. So. Well, let me ask you, if there's a rock and roll hell, heaven, do they have a hell of a band? Oh, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> no I mean, you've hell. got there's a, there's a guy in Liverpool, without mentioning any names, a medium, yep. who, uh, uh, who claims to be in touch with John Lennon and, and all the, the um, stars. Yeah, and, how, how um, does that work? <laughs> well, that's what I'd like to know. But, see, I, I knew, <laughs> uh, very briefly, I knew Jimi Hendrix, because uh, yeah. we toured with him, and... and played in the same venues in, in Belgium and Paris. And he's somebody who was a, an idol of mine. And I've often, when I've been meditating, I've 
sent out the thought, willing him to um, to come to me, but to no avail. And the same with John Lennon. I, when the Beatles were coming up, we played at the Cavern in Liverpool, and our paths crossed many times. But I've never had communication from either John Lennon, Jimi Hendrix, or Elvis Presley, who are also idle. So I wonder why some mediums have a propensity towards the world of music. And um, this guy actually went to America. He was on American TV, and he passed on a message from John Lennon. He said, John wants you to give peace a chance. Well, I'm sure John Lennon would have more to say than that. <laughs> it's quite humorous. Because you knew him. And you know well, what he'd have to say. Brief, briefly, yeah, and McCartney. And McCartney has a house where I live, <clears throat> just around the corner. He bought a house for his father just down the road. And um, right. Mike McCartney, we know very well, he comes to a lot of our book launches. And a lot of them live in Lower Heswell on the, on the, um, the estuary. So, yeah, he's, uh, and you often see Paul McCartney when he comes to visit. He stays in Heswell and he, he walks his dogs on the Wirral Way. Which um, yeah. and he's quite a, a nice guy as well, you know. He frequents the local hostelry and buys people a few uh, scoops, a few drinks. Sweet, yeah, yeah. So, so Billy, I mean, seriously, to, going back to this this rock and roll stuff. I mean, yeah. for instance, if you went to like Jim Morrison's tomb in in Paris, uh, I mean, is he hanging around the? Uh, uh, Oh, what's the story? I mean, are ghosts stuck in one place? Are, are, are famous ghosts like like these guys? I mean, they're off somewhere else, and can we call them back? What, what, what's the story? What's going on? Well, the, the first thing is what people must understand, and this is this is a fallacy that mediums can call people back. They can't. Thank you. And the spirit world is not a place. It's a condition or state of being. I mean, in um, uh, Hindu or uh, Tibetan traditions, they call it, Karma Loka, which means the, the land of the gods. And we no longer, they no longer have a body, but all their um, talent, all their creative energy is still there. And it's that that drives them. And they would endeavor Their ego. To, they would, yeah, exactly, yeah. And they would endeavor mm. to inspire uh, people of a similar nature who are still alive in this world. So people like John Lennon or... I'm not saying Elvis Presley would be the same. And religion doesn't play a part in... in in the spirit world. But going to a grave is, is non-productive because they're not there. It's just a shell. And it's just by chance, I think, that a, a, an entity such as um, Jim Morrison or, or Elvis or any of these people would, um, would mm. actually gravitate towards a medium. I find it very um, difficult to believe. I mean, there's another medium who I won't mention his name. He, he doesn't live in the north. He lives in the south of, of England. And he sent us he sent Karen and me a tape, uh, a, a CD, of him singing um, three different voices. One, he was entranced by Elvis Presley. The other one was Billy Fury, who was a, a Liverpool singer from the 50s and 60s. And uh, then he sang himself, as himself, because he used to be a musician. And the three voices were just the same. You couldn't tell any oh, difference. And this yeah. guy actually wanted to come on... Uh, Karen and my show to go into trance to prove that he can actually channel um, Elvis Presley mm. and Billy Fury. Mm. But it makes a mockery of the whole concept of mediumship. Thank you. And this yeah. is what brings it into yeah. disrepute. We actually yeah. have a question yeah. for you, Billy, from the uh, chat room. Uh, this is my owner. She asked, uh, will you be back on Most Haunted again? I doubt that very much. Okay. 
I mean, it was an experience for me um, to go, and I was its biggest critic. I mean, I, I wrote about it adversely in all the um, journals that I write for. So when I went into it, I went into it with a view to, to make it more credible. But I realized very quickly that it, you couldn't do that. It was entertainment, and, and that was it. But it was an experience, and uh, I don't regret doing it. But the worst thing that came out of it was the, uh, the actual the blogs, the most haunted blogs, the way people can hide behind the anonymity of blogs and annihilate you, you know? Not just me, but other mediums, some very cruel people. Really? Yeah, so it's, it's something I, I, I've done, um, and I, I don't think I'd like to do it again. Not, not in that particular way, anyway. So it's not on your bucket list anymore? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's cool. Now, Richard, uh, you know, I've been kind of like, Carrying on the conversation, I don't know if anything you have. Not a problem. This is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of it, and you carry on because <laughs> this is this is as good as it gets. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I'm uh, thrilled to bits that that uh, we've got Billy on. Um, he, he's such a, a a truthful guy. That's what I like so much. Um, he, he's he's a, a man after my own heart, uh, and I'm sure yourself. Uh, and it's so refreshing. Uh, to talk to someone that, that, that is a medium themselves, but, you know, uh, like me, and I'm, I'm sure like you, Ron, you know, believes that there's a lot of um, people that aren't, aren't genuine. Right. It, you are listening great. to Ghost Chronicles International on Tojinet, Parallax, and Beyond. If you want to call in and ask, uh, our guest is Billy Roberts. Uh, his website is billyroberts.co.uk, and you can call in at 877-864-4869. That's 877-864-4869. Or join us live in the TojiNet or the Pararex chat room. So, Billy, out of the way. Yes. Billy, I, 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 apparently you, you um, did a... Um, I mean, I don't know whether you're a religious man or not. Oh, uh, here we go. No, really not. That Ron and I have... Because uh, obviously Ron, Ron's a Catholic. Here we go. A Catholic yeah. boy from Polish stock. Um... Uh, you you had an encounter, I think is is, is probably the word with with some some monks um, on, on, right, on the program. Yeah. Tell yeah, us more. Well, I lived on um, I lived on a farm in in Lower Heswell. I presume this is yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. And um, we are, we were living between two houses at the time. My wife was she's an interior designer, and she was doing the house that we were in now. She was doing it up. And I went back to the farm to feed the cat, and it was about 9 o'clock um, at night. And um, when I looked through, there's a window under the stairs, and I looked through, everything was in darkness. It was in the middle of winter, and there's a crescent moon um, just hanging over the, um, the farmhouse across the way. And I saw four shadowy uh, cowl figures, very tall figures, walking from the estuary, because this is a farm that's right on the estuary, the banks of the estuary. And they walk from the estuary. Um, I knew by the feeling and, and the, the actual intensity of them, it wasn't because I was a medium. It was an actual apparition, an objective apparition that anyone would have seen. Uh, uh, and and you say thought. that you're actually clairaudient. I'm clairaudient and clairvoyant, but predominantly oh, right. clairaudient. This is the yeah. problem I had as a child. Because obviously, yeah. um, hearing voices is not something you'd expect a child to, to, to do. Right. And this is what they thought there was some kind of a psychological problem with me. Well, of course, probably hearing voices, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. We, we had a, we'd been to New York. I was working in New York. We bought um, a Cadillac and brought it back to the UK. 
And my wife and I decided to bed down in the, the back of the Cadillac in our driveway on the farm with a bottle of uh, Verve Clicquot champagne and some cheeses <laughs> and a duvet and a hot very, water I'm very fond of Verve Clicquot. Well, waiting for these, these cow figures to, to pass and we could photograph them. And um, yeah. that's all we remember. We both fell asleep. I was w- ringing wet with champagne all over me, and we woke up <laughs> about 6 o'clock in the morning, and the milkman tapping on the window of the car. And wow. the joke was, we, we actually thought that probably as we'd fallen asleep, these ghostly figures of the monks would be peering through the car window, wondering <laughs> what the hell was going on. But it was, and when we spoke to the, um, the farmer, the, the lady who... It, there's been a, a dwelling in this place since the 12th century. Right. And their family had, had lived there all this time. And um, she told me a, a story about the monks. There used to be a monastery nearby, which we didn't know about. Wow. And the monks used to have a, a boat. And they used to come on where the farm is. They used to transport stuff. They'd get contraband of smugglers who would donate stuff to them so the monks would be quiet about what they've been up to. And they used to walk through this way, through this particular route. And, and there, were very, there was a, a, the actual monastery seemed to harbor. All the monks who dwell there were, were very, very tall, um, unusually tall, very tall figures. And, and they devoted their life to prayer and meditation. And these are the people we'd seen. And she'd actually Good. seen them quite often. Your wife you saw know. them as well. Sorry? Your wife, wife saw fell them asleep, as well. As... Actually. We fell asleep. A couple of nights later, we, we actually we took a photograph of uh, these shadowy forms through the window, but they were yes. very vague, and they didn't come out on, on the photograph. Um, but she didn't see what I, I had seen, uh, which, mm. which was really spooky, to be honest. I mean, I'm not one of these mediums who doesn't get frightened or is not afraid to die. I am afraid to die because I don't know whether I'm going up or down. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. There's no, uh, there's no such yeah. thing as up or down. Yeah, yeah. Keep thinking that, Richard. Keep thinking that. <laughs> I, I always, I'm always reminded about what Woody Allen, Woody Allen was asked once, wasn't he? Um, are you afraid yes. of dying? And he said, no, I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's true. Me. It's funny, uh, Richard and I, when we were in Gettysburg together, and we're kind of walking in the woods. <laughs> that sounds kind of... Uh, oh, uh, come on. <laughs> bring it it's on. It's coming out now, isn't it? When, when we were investigating. How's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. And, and, uh, we were bonding in the yeah. woods. <laughs> Actually, we were two of us going in pitch black in the woods, but that's another story. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I have to tell you guys, neither of us are mediumistic. <laughs> 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 anyway, he always asked, asked, uh, he asked me if I was afraid, because as you know, Richard is afraid of ghosts. And um, I told him, no, I, I am not afraid of uh, dying, I guess, or death. So uh, I, I just, on. I mean, I, I did have a, a near-death experience, or maybe even two, if, if you really want to look at it. But, uh, you, you know, I... I it, I had this feeling that when it happened, that it was like going home. And ever since then, I have really no fear of death. Not something I would like to do right away. But uh, as my mm-hmm. Facebook uh, says, uh, who would you like to meet? I'd like to meet God, but not soon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, uh, you know, I think there's nothing to fear in death, really. I, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, I was making light of it. Um, yeah. 
you know, I suppose when the time comes, which could be sooner rather than later, hopefully later, but um, <laughs> I, I suppose when the time comes, I mean, I, I've been with quite a few people on the point of death, people who were always afraid of dying. Um, my aunt was one, and when it came to actually being close to death, she wasn't a bit afraid. She was more concerned for the people she was leaving behind. Right. Yeah. And the, the other interesting thing about people on the point of death, the, um, the physical faculties seem to close down, and the astral faculties open up, so they begin to see people that they, yes. you know, are dead. Yes. People in the family come for them, and um, yes. they call them the escort. And that's an interesting that's right. phenomenon, really. You know, yes. you can't really doubt that something is there after death. There is. I tell you what, I mean, I, I over the last 17 years of, of, oh gosh, I mean, I, this all started with me doing ghost walks around the city of Derby, uh, and I've taken, got a, getting on for a million people around the city of Derby over the last 17 years, and we do lots of talks with, with ghost walks with, with um, uh, nurses, uh, people from nursing homes and, and that sort of stuff, and the number of people that, that actually tell me that they know when someone's going to die because there's someone standing at the foot of the bed waiting for them, talking to them. You know, bring, and, and I'm, t I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about dozens and dozens of, of, of credible people, nurses, uh, doctors, um, you know, people like that that, that are, are real, genuine, and, and they know when this person's going to go because there's someone waiting for them. There's someone come to fetch them. Mm. real. In, in uh, Connecticut, well, a couple of years ago, we had this cat that used to uh, go to the people when he knew... That, he knew when they were going to die. But I actually have a question for Billy from the chat room, so I want to get that in. Uh, this is from one of the listeners. It says, uh, Billy, can, does meditation enhance um, mediumistic qualities? And if so, is it something that needs to be done regularly? I think initially, when I mean, only the individual will know if they're mediumistically inclined. You know, they have um, sporadic experiences seeing dead people or hearing voices. And it's important to understand that there are certain changes that occur in the brain and the nerve centers. And certain, what meditation I would teach you or Richard would not necessarily suit me or anybody else. But one of the um, uh, very effective exercises is to do with breathing is basically, uh, I don't know whether your listeners will probably know what yantras are the geometric yes. shapes or designs, yeah. anything can be used as a yantra. You can actually use the flame of a candle. And by ascertaining your normal heartbeat, just counting your heartbeat and counting six, one, two, three, foot with each heartbeat. And the idea initially is to inhale a complete breath, counting six heartbeats, hold it for three, exhale for six, hold it for three, and so on and so forth. You do that for about ten minutes. And then you gaze at the flame of the candle when the mind is quiet enough. Uh, in Buddhism, it's called tratak or, or tatrak. And um, you, you look at the candle and you don't blink. And you try to resist the temptation to move your eyes one way or the other. And when your eyes begin to tear, you close them very slowly and place the palms of your hands over them. And you apply a little bit of pressure to the eyeball until the after image of the flame comes into the mind. And the idea is to hold the image for as long as you can 
whilst breathing rhythmically. And when it becomes fragmented and disappears, you open your eyes and you return your gaze to the flame and you repeat that three times. And it must be done in the morning and in the evening before you go to bed. Now that actually centralizes the consciousness. It enables the mind to, to concentrate and focus. And if you're not um, a creative individual or you don't have the ability to uh, create images and imagine uh, in your mind, this will precipitate the creative faculty and help you to be able to, to focus more. Because people who are clairvoyant, the reason it doesn't work with a lot of a lot of people are not creative. And you have to be able to visualize and imagine. And it's unhealthy to be mediumistic if it's controlling you instead of you controlling it. You have to learn to control any impressions that you're getting. But it's unhealthy to be woken up in the middle of the night by a discarnate talking to you when you've got to sleep. Because in the spirit world, there are no alternating periods of night and day. And meditation enables you to transcend time and space and enables you to focus more on the spirit world. So meditation is important. Not all mediums will agree with that, but I know from personal experience it does help you to control the abilities that you have and develop them more. That, that's interesting because I work with a trans medium, and I've gone on you know tons of investigations with her. And for instance, she hates the overnight ones because the spirits always tend to you know, want to talk all night long, and she has a hard time shutting them off, you know, to, yeah. to try to get some sleep, so. Well, not, not only is it, it's unhealthy, because it, most, a lot of mediums who are not trained, who've never sat in a so-called development group or circle, they lack discipline, and they are controlled by their abilities, and it's very, very unhealthy, because it, it places a lot of um, stress on the nervous system. And if you have a history of... Um, psychological or emotional illness, it can cause a, a mental breakdown if you're not disciplined and you're not supervised by somebody who's qualified in uh, mediumistic development. Interesting. I, I have one other quick question for you, too. Is Now, you work with Karen O'Keefe, or, or have worked yes. with Karen O'Keefe, right? Um, how did you guys meet? I mean, he is such a skeptic, and uh, you being a genuine medium, I'm sure that wasn't a great meeting. Well, to, to be honest, I don't, think, I don't think Karen is the skeptic that he professes to be. I think it's part of his public persona. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. Karen, he's been, he stayed with me quite a lot in our home. Um, my wife was there at the time, by the way. I've got to stress that. But we've had a... I mean, when we, the book we've got out called The Great Paranormal Clash was meant to be a gloves-off um, sort of a, a, a fight about the different um, of different beliefs, but we found that because I, I'm very skeptical and I, I'm very scientifically minded and also uh, a psychology background, we we always agreed about a lot of points, and, and that was quite interesting. So much so that a lot of people criticised the book and says it wasn't as aggressive as it should have been. But the show we put together was, was slightly different. I mean, beforehand, Kara and I, we discussed what we're going to talk about. Um, we, we tried to pick topics that would interest the audience. And um, whether we disagree or not, we do disagree to, to make it look, look um, more effective. But, but Karen is a, he's a knowledgeable man, but he's a bit old-fashioned, to be very honest, in his approach to parapsychology. And um, you find a lot of parapsychologists 
quote verbatim from their textbook, and they quote historical names and uh, what this person said and what Correct. Carl Conrad said and all these yeah. different people yeah. from the past, instead of analyzing the paranormal as it is to them. And that's yeah. why I don't believe that Karen is so skeptical as the way he thinks or he, he makes out he is. He's a nice guy, do you not, Karen. Do you, not, do you not think that, to a certain extent, that as a... I mean, I mean, what is a parapsychologist? I mean, there is, there is as far as I know, no, no degree or, or, or doctorate or anything else in no, parapsychology. No, that he, he's a psychologist. Uh, he's a and, forensic and, and, psychologist. But, sorry? He's a forensic psychologist. Forensic psychologist, correct. Uh, and, yeah. and so, you know, it's a little bit like me. I mean, I was, I was, I have to say, was branded as a historian for, for Most Haunted. Um, yeah. I mean, I left, guys, I left school at 15. <laughs> I have no degree um, or anything else, um, but I was branded as a historian. Um, and, and Kieran, if you like, is, is branded, as, as is Matthew Smith, as a parapsychologist. Um, what that means is, is up to what the TV company wants it to mean, I, I, I suppose. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm right, aren't I? I, I think so. You, I think... I think uh, certain programs, like Most Haunted and others, they create the uh, individual to fit into the slot, like yes. demonologists and parapsychologists. Yeah, oh, thank you, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, yeah. all, it's okay. you, you're entertaining people, and I think this is why Most Haunted has lasted as long as it has, whether yeah. you hate it or love it. Because it's it, entertaining a certain people. Kind of person. And you find, yeah. like, I was, what I was amazed with when I did, um, I did two lives, um, with Most Haunted and a couple of these series, I was amazed at the, the cult following they have and the way mm. people are obsessed with the um, paranormal and all the phraseology, all the terminology that they hear on television. Yeah, they learn and they use it. And you can always tell people who are fans of Most Haunted by the phrases they use, which yeah. I find a little bit off-putting as well. Mm. Yeah. But, it's an but at the end of the day... At the end of the very quickly, um, fortnight ago, when I was lost on the programme because I missed out last week, we had this fascinating lady who who uh, wrote a book. Um, it's called "Don't Call Them Ghosts," and, oh, right. and she was absolutely fascinating. Um, and, and basically, she she'd been approached um, more than once um, by Hollywood by the um, filmmakers. To, to create a film out of this this amazing story that she had three three young children um, in her house in the seventies. She even used to take Christmas presents up to, to the ghosts um, in the attic. And I said, "This is a fantastic story and would make a fantastic um, film." And she'd been approached by these people, but, but basically she turned them down for one reason: because they wanted to make it scary. And she yes, said, it, it? "It's not scary." Guys, we have about two minutes. Two minutes left. Uh, so uh, hmm, interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah. I have one quick question. As you know, uh, I'm researching a new book, which is uh, 365 ghost stories from around the world. And one of the stories is uh, about this scientist from uh, um, Gloucester, actually, in, in the uh, U.S. And uh, he was holds the second number of highest number of patents in, in the U.S. And he actually doubled with the uh, occult and with search, 
spiritual movement. He built a Faraday cage, and he would have the medium go inside the Faraday cage uh, while uh, he did his uh, thing, just so there would be no interference from any other uh, people in the room or other sources or anything else. What is your thoughts about that, Mr. Billy Roberts? Well, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Most Haunted did something very similar. Um, I'm always a bit wary of any kind of experiments to do with uh, the paranormal and uh, producing certain conditions on a medium. I don't think it's necessary. And, um, I mean, there are are some people, like the shamans, the shamanistic priests, they use psilocybin. They use an hallucinogenic substance to create state of euphoria and help them to communicate with their ancestors. There are lots of synthetic artificial means to, to put a medium through this psychological process to precipitate their abilities. And I don't know about it. I'm very wary of anything like that, to be honest. Right. I, I, don't think I, th- I think it does no good. I don't think it'd be good for the body anyways. No, I, th- I think it does you no good at all puts you into this ridiculous clinical sort of situation. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, this is a gift that people have got. Uh, and, and I think to, to create something, you know, clinical with white coats and putting you in a cage um, inhibits um, your abilities. Quite sure well, of it. Anyways, uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, Billy, what anything you would like to say? Uh, you know, tell, you want to give your website again, give your books? Whatever. Yeah. Well, if you go onto my website, you can see all the books. One of them is being published in the States in, in August. It's called So You Want to Be Psychic. And it's a tongue-in-cheek approach to psychic development. My website is www.billyroberts.co.uk. Excellent. And, and by the way, uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, is now available, I guess, in England to Amazon uh, UK. Is it? I never realized that, but uh, it is. So you can get iBook, which is Ghost Chronicles, uh, on Amazon in the UK. I don't know how that varies from anything. But anyways, I can recommend it. I can recommend it. It's a very good book. And my next one will be good, be too, a... because I have somebody writing a great forward for it, don't I? Richard? I'm doing the forward. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank all our listeners. We especially want to thank Billy Roberts for contributing today. He did a great job and uh, right, it's interesting stuff. Maybe we went down the wrong path a couple of times, but uh, no, we who knows? No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well, Billy. Look forward to talking to you some more. Yeah, me too, Richard. Nice speaking to you. Yeah, and nice I'll talk to you, to you soon. Uh, yeah, well, well, actually, you know, we still got a few seconds, so uh, okay. you want to, uh, Richard, you got anything quick? Have I got anything quick? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, only that my book's also available. <laughs> it's called What is a Ghost? <laughs> Uh, and, and a copy's gone to the Pope, uh, which will lo- you'll love, won't you, Rob? Um, and the Archbishop of Canterbury, I'm waiting to hear back from them because it's slightly controversial. And I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to talking to Billy about this some more because uh, I think we're singing from the same hymn sheet. So uh, sounds extremely interesting. Look forward to it, Richard. Talk to you soon. All right, for, so for everybody Bye. from Ghost Chronicles International, Richard Felix, Ron Cohen, it's time to say good night and God bless, and see you next week. Bye-bye.
goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump. <laughs> 